Just a heads up, everyone. Though we look at things through an optimistic lens on this show, some of the topics may be triggering and some of the language may be adult. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm Jenna Edwards, and I've overcome some pretty serious adversity in my life. And I just recently realized it was all because of this mindset I call aggressive optimism. I knew I wasn't the only one living with this way of thinking, and as I always say, there's a million ways to do anything. So I wanted to do this podcast so I could have conversations with others and learn how they overcome adversity and achieve their big goals and dreams and create the life they want to live. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and today we are going to talk literally to one of my very best friends. So this particular episode is really special to me. So if I get gushy, you've been warned. Dominic Rausch, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for the no pressure introduction. No pressure, no pressure. But seriously, it's because of my conversations with Dominic that I decided to do the show. This man is a brilliant director and producer, and I'm embarrassing the beep out of him, and he's going to yell at me later, but that's fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We've kind of grown up in the industry together, so I wanted to talk to you today, Dominic, and share with our listeners some of the biggest challenges you've had um, and how you've overcome them. So thank you so much for, for letting me be gushy and embarrass you and have this conversation. (laughs) No problem. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) By the way, you shouldn't be embarrassed. I should be embarrassed because I'm totally such a sentimental freak. Anyway. Well, same here. But uh, I'm excited you're doing the podcast. Aw. I'm excited too. (laughs) I think it's uh, you coming into your own. Aw. uh, It was meant to be and uh, supposed to happen eventually. First of all, I was the one that was going to get gushy. (laughs) <laughs> there you Not go. You. I turned your own weapon. Against- I know, son of a. <laughs> no, I really appreciate it because we did grow up together in the industry, and yeah. um, it was because you came all the way to the United States, Hollywood in particular, literally, uh, to pursue your dream of directing and producing, and you are so. Congratulations! It's huge. Um, from Germany. Yeah. That's not an easy feat. No. <laughs> it was That's definitely obvious is in the house. <laughs> yeah, moving half across the world, never easy. But <laughs> but you definitely have a very, very active practice in aggressive optimism. And I think you always have because it takes a lot of belief to Surrey just like Sorry, yelled at me. Oh. That happens. Even though my phone's on stinking silent. Like, (laughs) what? But, um, but like, you have to have a really serious vision in order to make an entire move across half the world to pursue your dream. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah. And I think the other thing, too, that helps is when you're young, there's still a certain level of naivete and just like kind of boldness. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm speaking like an 80 year old, which I have done my entire life. I'm only. Right. 33 but it's still like early 20s I consider still young so much happens in between then now and then all the you know people in their 50s and 60s are listening and are yelling at me right I will be doing the same thing by the way I'm doing the same now with you know teenagers in early 20s I 
you know, I consider well, them the kids. It's interesting you bring that up, though, because we talk about that often, and I feel like we're kind of deliberate about having a young mindset, and I think that is a big part of why we're able to achieve a lot of our dreams. 100,000%. I, I think that's something I kind of lost a little bit in my late 20s, because mm. you kind of, you've gone through a lot of shit and, you know, uh, also have overcome a lot, and you see early success, but at the same time, you know, you're starting to see the real world for what it is, but then you risk becoming cynical and thinking, oh, well, that's just how things are. And then you kind of forget to see all the possibilities. And I think mm -hmm. that's kind of where the aggressive optimism comes in, which is I, I, like, yeah, it's certainly there is, you know, it's, it's totally solid to be, you can absolutely find reason being pessimistic and saying, but things are bad that's perfectly fine. You can, you know, back that up with facts, but that doesn't make optimism less true. I right. Think. I know you and I talk about that a lot. Like who decided pessimism was reality? Exactly. No, being or real. the only real reality. Yeah. Because people could, you know, kind of put being realistic in the same phrase as being pessimistic, which is like, you know, expect the worst. And, and I think I did become a little cynical towards the end of my twenties. Hmm. And then like the last couple of years, I've been really, thought about it more and like going back to that young mindset I was like what was it that gave you the courage and kind of the strength to just you know move half across the world and start from scratch without family without friends you just like literally in a, in a giant town of you know I mean LA County a gajillion people a gajillion people <laughs> where you know no one but I think it's 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 that young mindset of just like it it, it call it naive or call it optimistic, but it's just kind of believing in things being possible. And I think that it doesn't matter how old you are, that it's like, if it worked back then, why would it be different now? The, tr the world had bad things happening back then as much as it does now. So like right. that, that fact hasn't changed. It's just your mindset that has changed. And so, so me, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, so for me, I think that that was, that's kind of uh, a recognition that I'm, that I've kind of been more actively thinking about in the last couple of years uh, compared to when I moved here, where it's like, what is it, what was it exactly, what was my mindset that made all these things possible? And, and the more I go back to that mindset, the more things are happening. It's, it's really so interesting. It's right. Just, and why do you think that is? I think it's because you get out of your own way. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than thinking about all the way things could go wrong mm -hmm. you, you stop thinking about what could go wrong and just be like yeah so but what's my other option if it like it's it's either a yes or a no and if you never ask then you, you'll 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 it'll always be a no because yeah. then, then you don't even consider that you're not even giving the other 50 percent a chance <laughs> so you're, you're just basically getting comfortable in the sense that oh you know it's just it's 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 bad so it's never going to work and, and I think if you start falling into that mindset, then you're going to just make that habitual. And, and then it's, it becomes harder and harder to get out of it. So like, I think living in that more positive mindset, like more optimistic, optimistic, not naive, but like optimistic, just like, well, if, if I, if I'm not sure if it's possible, then let's at least try and see if it is. And, right. And then There's all just as many people who have, have achieved the dream that you're dreaming. Exactly. That have 100%. failed. Like there's just as many examples on the positive end as there are on the negative end. It's just that we, we tend to get kind of complacent and being complacent is a heck of a lot easier than actually pursuing. But you and I talk about that a lot. Like 
we sit there and we're like, well, what else would we do? Right. I literally can't imagine doing anything other than this. No, absolutely. And so, and, but we're very diligent about it. And I think that's why you're one of my favorite people on the planet. And also having these conversations is so great for us because we are intentional and diligent and constantly pushing each other to, uh, you know, like, well, okay. Like we hold each other accountable. If I said to you, I just, I can't do it anymore. You would literally say to me, well, what are you going to do then? Right. <laughs> like, and then I'd be like, uh, nothing. And then my head, hang my head in shame and get back to work. Right. But I think, <laughs> but exactly. And I think that's kind of that. I, I think there is just, it's, there's, it's easy. It's much easier to find excuses. And I think that's the, that's also the danger of it. Then the, like, because I think for every, yes, there is like, let's say there is uh, 10 options, right? There is one yes and nine no's. And mm. we, it's so much easier. It's, I mean, it's the same thing as like when you're pitching a project to, you know, to a network or to producers or production companies, it's, there's always, it's like the, I think the best advice I've ever gotten in that regard was like, you have to eliminate every possible no in your pitch. Like whatever could possibly give them a reason to say no, take it out. It's too, mm. because that will, it will, if it's possibly a no, it's going to be most certainly a no. Focus on all the yeses, like give, make that, give them all the reasons, help them to say yes to you because everyone wants a hit. Everyone wants something good. So like the, it, it, but I think it's, it, it takes a lot less work for the nine no's than for the one yes. I think that, and I think that's kind of that balance. It's like, it takes, if not as much, it's, it's like one yes is equal to nine no's, I think in, in, in terms of hard work, <laughs> if that that's makes so any interesting. sense. interesting. Yeah, definitely. But you have to get through the no's in order to get to the yes. Absolutely. Totally. Because my belief is that if, it, if you dream it, it's possible. I really right. truly believe that. It's just a matter of finding the people who will help you make it possible. Oh, 100%. And... Yeah you have to have the conversations in order to do that. And when we were talking before the show, this like wraps up the two topics that we really wanted to talk about, which is one, we're both very strongly opinionated about the fact that you have to find your people. Right. And like work on creating and cultivating those relationships. And sometimes those people will be, very personal friends that help you along the path for, you know, for success all the way. And sometimes your people will be a person who's helping you with one aspect right. of your dream, right. you know? And so when you first came here from Germany knowing no one and, you know, English is your second language, though I never would have known when I met you, um, <laughs> like, how did you start to cultivate your people, your like group of, of friends and coworkers. Yeah. That that's always like, yeah, I think that's one of the main themes in my life. That's always been haunting me. I'm not naturally social, <laughs> but, but not that I'm like actively antisocial. I just, for me going into like to part, parties or like small talk and all that, it's just, it's hard work. Like I would rather have like two people that I sit with for hours and have like a deep philosophical conversation mm -hmm. rather than going to a party with 30 or 40 people and like trying to have, you know, 40 different conversations about nothing. But, <laughs> but at, you know, but at the same time, that doesn't like, you also can't isolate yourself. 
as, mm-hmm. as much as that's, that might be a tendency. And I think that was kind of the thing that I learned very quickly when I moved here. It's, and I think a lot of people go through this, especially in Los Angeles, because it's such a giant city and such a blob of people. Yeah. You can, as many people as there are, you can get isolated so quickly. I, th- I call it the six-month uh, uh, LA depression. Oh, really? Is, yeah. And, and I've talked to a lot of people that kind of the time frame adds up. Like in the first couple of months, you're excited. You're like in this new town and you go to all these events and meet new people. And then kind of nothing really sticks around. And then like six months in, you realize like, what the, what am I even going to do? <laughs> who, who are these people? Who do I know? And you, you realize before knowing the other people, you have to know yourself. You know, once you define who you are, then let's just pause for a minute on that one because I think that literally is the piece so many people miss. Yeah, that it's not selfish to get to know yourself. It is essential if you have big goals and dreams. Oh God, absolutely. Because I think that's the danger of going to big cities or like you know new places and like redefining yourself is that you can can you get you can get carried away by what the people or the city gives you and defines you as it's like mm-hmm. well you're this but by the way you're gonna fit in here that's you now from now and bye right you know? like, right yeah, that's your role now and that happens if you don't know who you are and that can so you get you can easily get swept away and then 10 years later wake up and be like whoa <laughs> wait a second it's so that's true and i think that's that's kind of the danger of uh um you know of not knowing who you yourself so so for me i think that was a big uh, you know, learning curve and challenge at the beginning was to literally just go out there and like realizing who are the people that get me and who are the people who don't get me and what part of it is it that I, you know, resonate with myself where mm-hmm. I'm like, that's really who I am. These are the types of conversations I'm, you know, enjoying. These are, this is the type of work I'm enjoying. So like really giving yourself time to just go through that phase because I think a lot of people, you know, I think it's, obviously, you know, some people know exactly who they are right away. And for me, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know, professionally, but like then within, and I also know like what movies I love, what, you know, TV shows I love, but within that, there's still a lot of wiggle room, you know, like, you know, directing, yeah. there's a lot of directing, there's directing commercials, there's directing TV, there's directing film, there's directing branded content, you know, and Absolutely. then within that, there's different genres. There is comedy, there is drama, there's all that. Like, so you, and, and, and same thing, you know, that could happen with, you know, personally is like, you know, in the industry, people define you as something and then that's who you are. And then well, I think that it's, that. oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then it becomes hard to get out of that once Absolutely. that definition has been made for you. So, it, it, so the, you have to be the one actively defining who you are because otherwise someone else is going to do it for you. Yeah. And for me, I noticed that it's, oftentimes one part of who you are. That's true. You know, and so like I struggled and I've been very open about this with like I came to LA to be an actor and then I ended up in producing, which I love and I'm good at, but that was then the one thing that everybody else defined me as. And I like my creative soul started to die. Yeah. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's true. Uh, for me, and it was because I was ignoring an entire section of who I am. Yeah. And so I think it's not only important to know who you are, like, on a surface level, but, like, how do all the pieces fit together? Because when we talk about these big dreams, for me anyway, you know, I've noticed, like, you can achieve all of the milestones that it takes to get to the big dream and then be, like, climbing that mountain and get to the top of the mountain and be like, I hate this mountain. 
Right. Because you haven't like sat down and taken the time to really understand like the journey and having fun while achieving the things is not only like a philosophical thing and we should all enjoy our lives and that kind of stuff, but it's also while you're enjoying the journey, it's giving you signals as to whether or not you're on the right mountain. Totally. And I think, yeah, listening to, listening to those instincts and those signals is crucial. And, and, Absolutely. and so it, what's so funny about it too is like, if we're completely honest with ourselves, deep inside, we, are, we know every single time <laughs> if something is something we actually want to do or not. We're just very good. I think humans in general, we're very, we have very strong heads and we can mm-hmm. be very good at convincing our, ourselves of something. And then later on, you know, the heart quietly starts whispering. It's like, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe but, you should listen to me. I'm laughing because Dominic and I have this conversation all the time because we are very good at convincing ourselves that we're, that our head is right and our heart is like just lying to us sometimes. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's the other way around. And I think, so. but to your point about like knowing yourself and your strengths and weaknesses and like kind of finding those different aspects of you, mm-hmm. not just one aspect, I think part of that, and this goes back to what I was saying, like the hurdle that I had to overcome with, you know, not being naturally social is for me, I had to kind of define what networking meant because I think a oh, lot of people- I love that. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, you know, it's like the n- number one thing that everyone says about Hollywood. It's like, you got to network, network, network. And to me, like the more I hear that, the more I'm like, oh God, I can't. And I panic. It's like, I can't go to all these networking parties and pitch myself. Like, I just hate that. There's something about it just feels so wrong. I just- it's, it's, I get uncomfortable pitching mm-hmm. myself. It's just something, you know, it's, it's like the sales talk and all that. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So what I realized, and I did that not because I was trying to network. I just always want, like for me, I've always like, for, I always wanted my work to speak for myself rather than right. speaking for myself. And so I like right away, I said like, I don't want to be one of the students who goes through four years of film school and then comes out like looking for a job. I wanted to work right away. Like, even while I'm in school and I don't care if I get paid or not. I just wanted to get experience on set period. That's why I moved to Los Angeles because that's, that's the city where films are made. And right. That, and I was like, I, you know, I'm sure there's film sets are happy to take free labor so <laughs> during like, so one of my first gigs was as a boom operator and a set out in the desert where, you know, I, I was that week. I, had um, always night school from seven to 11. Mm-hmm. So I would, uh, you know, drive to the desert for three hours, you know, at 11 at night until two in the morning, then get up at 6am, go on set, get a huge sunburn, <laughs> holding oh, the, the microphone, then drive home at, you know, from three to six, and then go to school and do the whole thing over again. And I did that, I think, like, three or four days in a row. Of uh-huh. course, I was exhausted at the end. But then the producer of that uh, film, like, recognized you know, my hard work and like, you know, how eager I was to, you know, work with that opportunity, that opportunity and Mm -hmm. introduce it. So she gave me, first of all, even though it was, I agreed to do it for free. She was like, well, let me at least give you a hundred dollars to cover gas and like a little bit of, you know, damage control time (laughs) being spent. And I was like, Oh my God, that's exciting. You know, a hundred dollars was amazing for me as a student. Uh, And I, you know, as little as it was, it, it didn't, like the value of it represented so much more than money. Because right. what I realized in that moment, is like, that's how I network. I got to go out there and volunteer. Mm. That to mm-hmm. me, like working, I can do all day long. That's for me a much more natural and easy way to get to know new people and network 
and, and talk about work and all that stuff and talk about the things that I'm passionately passionate about as, you know, as a creative. Yeah. And then you indirectly pitch yourself without really actively going up to someone saying, Hey, I'm a director, please hire me. You know, I so love I, that. So I think that, that to me was a huge revelation that I, to this day, benefit from. It's like, you got to go out there, you know, work, even if it's for free, because nothing, you know, it, nothing is beneath you because a lot of people are like, well, I'm at the stage of my career where I don't want to work for free. I'm like, I get that. You know, there's obviously certain career strategies that you have to apply, but then, you know, you just never know who you're going to meet and who's going to believe in you and give you a shot. Well, so and me, you never know who's watching just in general watching, right? Oh. Like, and we talk about this all the time. I went from being a PA to being the lead producer yeah, on a project. Go. So I was the one that was completely overlooked. But then if anybody who is nice to me as a PA, which you guys who don't know is like the lowest of the low on the totem pole of filmmaking, I of course wanted to work with them. You know, Absolutely. so when I got into a position of, of being able to hire people, I certainly put them at the top of my list. And I think that's important for people to remember too. I also love that you're saying, you know, find your own way of networking because again, there's a million ways to do anything. And right. it's interesting. I totally forgot about this, but in college I would carpool with this woman who was in business school and she was taking golf classes because she wanted to be able to network with people on the golf course and it was so inauthentic, though, that it like totally rubbed me the wrong way. And I remember carrying that out because this was in Minnesota. I remember carrying that out to California and being like, I never want to be that inauthentic. And so I am the person who loves going to networking parties. Like my friends will call me up and be like, I'm, I need to go to this party. I want to meet this person. You have to come with me because I'm like the best wingman. But it's because I started to realize, because I hated networking at first too, because it was like this evil, awful four-letter word, until I realized I actually like people and am super curious about who they are and what their dreams are and all of that. So I go to networking parties and I literally am like, what's your biggest dream? Because I want to know, but that's for me. And so what you're saying is, and I love this, like anybody listening in any field or thing in the world like if you have a dream networking is going to be the only way to get there like right. you can never do anything alone you just and have to find a way to, that works for you exactly exactly so you have to figure out and that comes back to what we were talking about in the beginning which is you have to know who you are as a person right otherwise you're going to come off inauthentic and nobody's going to want to talk to you <laughs> like I hate to be that harsh, but that's just reality. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. And I think you do yourself a favor by knowing because then, you know, talking about what you're passionate about and finding the right people who then mm -hmm. resonate with you, what you actually want is going to be so much easier. Well, exactly. That's, that's another thing that I always love, you know, the misconception about LA that, you know, everyone's superficial and, you know, backstabby and like, sure, you know, the industry has a very unique flavor, but I, <laughs> I, I really believe that there is just as many real people in LA as there is anywhere else. And there's absolutely fake people everywhere else as there are in LA. And, and by the way, what even that means fake and real, like even fake, the people who we consider fake are real people. They have right. dreams. They just have a different way of expressing it. They have their issues. But I think what, what I think is so important then like, is to cut through that noise. And again, not being cynical, like not going into LA and saying like, well, all the people here are fake. Because when you, when you go in with that mindset, then you're never going to find a real friend. I think Absolutely. That's you're going to, you're going to project that, you know, kind of judgment, your know, prejudice on, 
on everyone. And, you know, then you never find people who you could actually like, you know, have a deeper conversation with. And I think that that to me was the other thing, like, again, the daunting task of like diving into a giant town like this without knowing anyone. But then it's like you, the more you kind of speak your truth and like who what you love and are passionate about, that's that's when you start connecting with people and what, you know, and all of a sudden feel, find your kind of you know circle of friends and which turns them into your support system which god knows <laughs> how you need oh in life you need yeah. i mean like there's no nothing more important in life than having that inner circle and you know it can be two people or five people or 50 people whatever Absolutely. it is for you it's so so crucial especially if you're ambitious and a big dreamer and you want to be happy and full of joy um you just need people around you that have that same energy. And then you also need to like not get bitter at the people who don't. Right. Absolutely. It, it, exactly. Everyone at their own pace and whatever, you know, everyone, because you can't just, if you're like super eager, like we are, which is just in our nature <laughs> and we're extremely ambitious. Yes. <laughs> I can't like, certainly what, like that was definitely something when I was younger, I, I couldn't understand why other people wouldn't be as like, not everyone, but some other people weren't that ambitious. And I'm like, how can you not, you know, want to just like fight for your life for to, to, you know, achieve your dreams. Right. It took me a while to realize it's like, but it's dreams are different. Like, not absolutely. Everyone, you know, like, a, you know, having a career in film business, some people dream of having, you know, a family and that mm -hmm. like, you know, it's kind of, conservative and traditional as and old school as that sounds i think that can be a dream and i think that's perfect. absolutely that's your definition of a happy life good for you <laughs> like there is absolutely nothing wrong with that i think it's it's accepting that like finding and again this goes back to what we we're saying defining who you are and not being a, like because if you're surrounded by people who are just ambitious it can very quickly feel small to just want a family absolutely and, and you can feel intimidated it's like oh god am i not dreaming big enough it's like no that's not if that's in your heart what you want, it doesn't matter what everyone else says. Amen. And it's the other way around. If you're completely, if you sound insane by your ambitious dreams and people are like, okay, calm down. And it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to calm down because that's my way of, that's my definition of, of a dream and happiness. So mm -hmm. it's, I think it's just respecting each other's, you know, like the different paths and there's millions of them that people can achieve what they want out of life. Absolutely. And on that note, of course, we're almost out of time because oh. it's you and I. Um, <laughs> so I want to get to the advice piece of the show. Okay. Do you have any advice for our listeners or advice for yourself before you headed out on your crazy adventure from Germany to Los Angeles? Well, I think the two things looking back that now I can kind of say from experience, like I already said, one piece of advice is like, definitely don't shy away from working, you know, doing volunteer work, mm -hmm. you know, obviously don't, you know, if there is certain abuse of power and like, you know, people are like starting to overuse, you know, free labor and, you know, it doesn't feel fair. Then at some point, obviously there's a limit, but I do think, you know, that's a great way of getting started in the industry. If, if you want to get into film, it's just like, just start working even for free because that's when you get to meet people and, and that leads to other things. Well, and I think I'm going to add to that. I love that advice, but I'm going to add also for those who aren't in film, it's great advice anyway. And for those who are and aren't, it doesn't have to be volunteer work necessarily in the job you want. I've gotten so many opportunities 
from volunteering with actual nonprofits because then you meet people who are in a position to hire you who are actually genuinely interested in the same things you are. Right. So it's just another little addition to that. Um, totally. for those that are listening, I love that piece of advice though. And then, and then the other thing is kind of, it's a little bit more, it sounds very general and I'm not a big fan of, you know, all the memes and like kind of just empty philosophical phrases. But one thing that like three things that, uh, um, adjectives that I always like that more and more become important as I get older that I'm realizing is num number one, be kind to be mm -hmm. generous and three, be grateful kind because you just never know, you know, what someone else is going through. It's, you know, Absolutely. Could be having a bad day. Do you know how much it, you appreciate it? If you are having a bad day and someone is not snapping at you, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, beautiful. It's true. And Absolutely. Be generous because it somehow always comes back to you. Again, mm -hmm. this goes back to like, people are always watching. You never know who sees your, you know, what you're doing. And then all of a sudden years later, someone might call you back and be like, you know what, what you were doing back then was so awesome. I want to work with you. So I think being generous is there's enough to go around. And I think that's just, it ultimately comes back to you. And then being grateful is kind of the, not just like, oh, I'm grateful for everything. But like, I think it's more almost like an active grateful as in like kind of working against complaining and being angry. Now, I think absolutely mm -hmm. it's good here and there to bet. We are, we're human beings. Like you got to let it out. But I think the, the important part is then to not get stuck in, in a mindset of complaining and being angry about something, you against the world. Because once you do that over and over again, you, it's, it becomes harder and harder to get out of that. And I think then it kind of like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You just become mm -hmm. complaining angry. So I think that like the, the remedy against that is to start being more grateful, like not more grateful, but just generally look at things where like, wow, it's number one, things could always get worse. And number two, how amazing, like already kind of seeing, you know, all the things that you can be grateful for. I think that's just, it's a, it's a mindset. And I think it takes, it's that kind of is like the more practical piece of that advice is like, make it a habit, you know, because Absolutely. we're habitual beings and, you know, it's, it always like the, at first, the, the first time you do something, it always like you have to overcome that hurdle. But then when to do something over and over again, then it becomes second nature. And then you get into that mindset. And I think, you know, part of that is that, you know, practicing, practicing kindness, generosity, and, you know, being grateful. I love that. I love that you're turning gratitude into a verb. Yeah. That's you know. really what it is. Intentionally expressing gratitude. Right. To others and to yourself, you know. Absolutely. And to the situation. You know, Absolutely. Like, yeah. that's amazing. I love that advice. And if you could give our audience one resource that's helped you through all of the challenges, what would it be? Music. I've Girl, always, I love that one. I have to say, I mean, for me in particular, I love film music. John Williams, you know. Of course. Well it's a little bit of an obsession. Exactly. <laughs> I'll talk about it maybe once a day. But um, no, it's mainly, it's, there's two things to it. What I love about music, one, just the pure power of it and that there's no words. It's just like, you, you, it allows you to just escape and feel for a moment. And like, if you find the right song or the right piece, it just lifts you out of anything. I think we've all known that feeling where it's like, it's, 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 it's just, you can't even describe how powerful music can be sometimes. So like, even in the worst of moments, music has lifted me out and all of a sudden just, you can travel somewhere else. And then the second part of it is like more on the artistic front. I just, what I love about music is that it's such a pure expression of mm. the artist because there is no, nothing in the way between you 
and the artist it's like literally you're almost communicating with them directly through the music because it goes like it's there's no words there's nothing it's just a feeling so you're connecting on a totally different level and also you know it's the one art form that's international because you don't have to translate right you don't have to it's it's a language that's universal and i think for me what inspires me about that and lifts me out of it is just thinking about the artists behind it seeing how much work it takes and courage to just like express yourself in such a pure level i think that to me is like the other aspect of music that's just so inspiring and powerful to you know to, to see humans like being putting themselves out there in front of millions of people oh my gosh i love that i love that and your favorite quote my favorite quote is uh the from the commencement speech the stanford commencement speech uh that steve jobs held many years ago and so i'm gonna just read it to you it's a little longer but uh here we go your time is limited so don't waste it living someone else's life don't be trapped by dogma which is living with the results of other people's thinking don't let the noise of others opinions drown out your own inner voice and most important have the courage to follow your heart and intuition they somehow already know what you truly want to become everything else is secondary oh that's like absolutely one of my favorite quotes as well i agree it's so profound and beautiful and i wish it was easier but hopefully listening to this podcast you guys will all get ideas and tips and tricks and perspectives on how to make doing exactly that easier because i think isn't that just the key to life yeah and like, i think yeah but i think to, not to promote your podcast shamelessly but also shamelessly <laughs> It could be part of the habit that, that I was talking about. Like to just like actively keep reminding yourself and working on it. Because it, like once it becomes a habit, then it becomes second nature. And then you live in that space. Oh, I love that. Dominic Rausch, I just, I might cry <laughs> because you're amazing. And I am so unbelievably grateful you're in my life. And thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate feeling, it so much. Mutual. Aww, see guys, it's so amazing when you find your people. Good luck it with is. that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening. It means the world to me to know that I get to do this and that it might help some people out there and, and so that they can be more aggressively optimistic because sometimes life gets real challenging. Uh, so until next time, remember, if you can dream it, it is possible. I will talk to you tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. Dominic, thank you so much. Thank you. And everyone else, bye. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. The Aggressive Optimism Podcast is made possible through affiliate programs. So if you'd like to support the podcast and get some really great products for yourself, head on over to the offerings page at aggressiveoptimism.com. And if you want a little more aggressive optimism in your life, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Edwards Life. I'll see you over there. Until then, have a good one.